Thank you for tuning in to Wove Inspiration Podcast with host Althea Richardson. Wove stands for Women of Vision and Excellence, and the mission is to inspire, encourage, and uplift women and the men who love them to becoming all they were predestined to be. And it starts with restoration. Walt is an inspirational speaker, trainer, and number one best-selling author of Monsters in My House, A True Story, which is based on his own childhood journey that includes extreme abuse, 14 childhood moves, homelessness, and an attempted teen suicide, all culminating with testifying against his father in court at age 16. Walt, thank you so much for being on Wove Inspiration. Althea, I'm so excited to be here with you, especially after we met a couple months ago, just your spirit, your tenacity. I could just feel like we were meant to meet. We were meant to collaborate together. So I'm just proud to be here. Thank you for having me on. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't wait. I was like, okay, I know I need to set this up because your story really brought me to tears. I was like, how in the world did this man survive everything that he went through? And and he's able to stand in front of all of us with like this bold confidence. <laughs> I'm going to need you to explain that to me because it, your story is just wow. That's all I can say is wow. Yeah. You know, what's crazy is I moved like, like you talked about, I moved 14 times in the first 16 years of my life. I, I really lived one of those lives that nightmares are made of and movies are made from. Matter of fact, I'm, and talks to try to get my book made into a movie. And so, um, because it's about the triumph. And so I was abused by every single adult that I knew until I was uh, almost 16 years old. Um, when, when I finally ran into my life as I ran away from my father, my, my mother, my stepfather, my father, my stepmother, foster parents, I mean, horrifically and torturously abused. Things like being chained to beds, locked in basements, starved, beat until I was on the brink of losing my sanity. But my story is not really a tra- trauma story, although I went through a lot of it. It's a triumph story. It's a comeback story. And what I often say is I- I'm not here to motivate or inspire you. That's not my goal in life. That's not God's mission on my purpose. I lived through the extraordinary experiences that I did as horrific as they were because My job, my purpose in life is to reach the unreachable sometimes. Those people that are suffering in quiet desperation and give them the belief, like the unequivocal belief that that guy Walt could do it. You know what? I could do it too. And to teach people their history doesn't define their legacy because once you make that transition in your mind and you realize the power your story holds and just how amazing, almost like these superpowers that you get because of the trauma you went through when you've done the healing work. It transforms not only your life, but it transforms everybody's life around you. I mean, it is truly a beautiful journey. But if you would have asked me at 20, if I felt that way, we probably would have had a different conversation. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. taken me a lot of work to get here. Yeah, I'm sure it has. There's a, a, a part of the, it's, I think it's the prologue that I was able to read. And, but the last part of it, I wanted to read real quick. It says, this is my harrowing but Victoria's story of how I went through the depths of hell was chased by the devil and ultimately saved by the grace of God. Much hard work broke the cycle of abuse, creating a legacy of personal and professional success 
along the way. This last part I love. I'm not a survivor or victim of abuse. I am a warrior of abuse and thriving. That right there is powerful. I, I, my, my main question is because I know as an author, as a writer, having to write your story, you have to dig deep. So mm -hmm. what was the experience like for you, first of all, someone asking you to write your story and then actually writing it? Well, you know, it's beautiful, like why I even wrote this story. So I learned years ago, we could talk about the, how I learned this later on, but I learned years ago the power that my story held to open up a safe space to give others the opportunity to heal from their story and find power in their story. And so, but my wife has been begging me for like 10 years to write this book probably longer. I, we've been married 23 and together 26. So, and I've wanted to be a speaker for over two decades. What I didn't know, as I lived in corporate America, I'm a retired intelligence officer from the Navy, went to corporate America, having all this outward success. My personal life was fantastic, but I was just burnt out. I wasn't living in my purpose. I wasn't living aligned with who I needed to be. So although I love the leadership aspect and I had this money, the money felt empty. The next promotion felt empty. And, and I ended up having a nervous breakdown, literally working myself to death because I'm an overachiever. That's part of the, what trauma gave me. But sometimes your strength is your biggest weakness. I had a breakdown. And really what that was doing for me, God was telling me, Walt, you're trying to bang down this door in front of you. You're trying to beat it down. I got the deadbolt on. I got a, a plank of wood on the other side. You ain't going to break this door down. And, and I wasn't listening. And so he had to bring me to my knees where I had a breakdown, I thought I was having a heart attack. And he took away the one thing that would have gotten me away from doing my role as an executive in a Fortune 300 company, and that was taking away my ability to think. Because my, my physical health was suffering. I was working 12, 14-hour days. I mean, just grinding. And I went to get up and thought, okay, let's go back. And God put his arm around my shoulder and said, no, 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 no. <laughs> you think you're going back that way, but come here, son. We're going that way now. We're going mm -hmm. down the hall to the door that I've had open for you, that I've been grooming you for your entire life. Everything that you went through that I, I put you through was for this moment to live in this purpose. And so my wife and I had a conversation and thank God, like the, the power of having a, an amazing, strong woman next to you who's always supported my career and just took care of the family while I was on deployments. She said, you know what, babe, if you die, all the boat, the boat, the cars, the house, I don't, I don't care about any of it. I'm selling all of it and I'll move closer to my parents. I want you here. And she's like, I've been begging you to write this book for over a decade. You wanted to be a speaker. Screw it. Let's freaking go for it. Let's go for it. It's time for people to hear your story in a greater way. And so I wrote this book and I'm going to tell you, people have asked me this question a lot. Oh, dude, those feelings that you brought back up. And I thought to myself, you know what? Those feelings I brought back up just made me more certified in my soul, in my heart. Because I thought to myself, and I tell people, you're not a victim and you're not a survivor. Like you said, yeah. you didn't just make it. You ain't just hanging on. Like if you look at your life resume and the things you've been through, you are a freaking warrior. And when you are a warrior, not only do you fight for yourself, you fight for your other people around you. That's how we break generational cycles. And you just, the power in your story, you feel it. So as I wrote my story and I'd go, I edited five times. I'd go back and edit, boom. And the first time I thought like, what was I even saying in that sense? I don't even make no sense. Like, I mean, what was I, where was I going with that? Yeah. This, the third time I went back and redid it. 
my core memories were in the book. So now I started remembering smells, tastes, the wind, the different, the external things. The fourth time I went through the book, more of those details were in there and it allowed me to put more details in. So one of the most beautiful things that people have said is they feel like they're sitting with me. They feel like they're on my journey of life with me. And through that, it gives them the belief that they can do the healing work for the pain that they've suppressed or pushed down that continues to follow them through life. So I just felt, excuse my language, I just felt like more of a badass after I was writing the story. I'm like, man, like that is messed up what I went through. But because I went through all of that, I can do what I'm doing now and help other people heal from their pain too. So it, um, it just solidified everything for me along the way. Yeah. One of the things you said was that people said that, that they felt like they were there with you. And I'm telling you, it is so vivid and very detailed. I was, it's like, I'm, I'm watching a movie, but I'm one of those that wants to talk back <laughs> to the movie. I'm like, dude, I'm, could, could you just do something, just fight them or something? Because um, uh, the one part that I read, I was able to read was um, the, the toys in the living room incident. Mm. And you could just, you could feel the tension of knowing that, okay, ah, man, he's about to come in there and he's about yeah. to do something. And it was just, y'all, I'm telling you, you really need to get the book. And you're also working on the audio part. Is that correct? I am. I am like two thirds of the way done with the audible book. I went back and re-recorded the first three chapters because I felt like it was almost more monotone. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm going to read it with the emotion. And if Amazon kicks it back because it's too, it's not within the scope of what they need, I'll figure out how to fix it. But this book doesn't read here the same without the emotion. When you're reading it, you feel the emotion and you feel the tension and you can hear my stepfather's footsteps coming down the hall. And that part I've had, I'm not joking. You probably 20 people reach out to me, different types of abuses they went through. And they say they remember hearing the footsteps of their abuser coming down the hall. And it really took them back into that place, but it took them back into that place where they still needed to heal so that they can continue to do their work to open up life's joy that we all deserve that we miss out on because we're scared that we might not be able to heal if we unlock these boxes mm -hmm. but really unlocking boxes lets the pain out and you replace that spot with love and it transforms you who you are as a human being it's beautiful yeah now one of the things that i want to also ask is that you know you got people out there that have experienced a lot of what you have what suggestions can you offer those individuals who might currently be struggling still to this day with their past abuse? Look, I, I got four keys to living an extraordinary life that I actually put in my book, um, even though a lot of people told me not to, because I didn't write the book. You're never going to make a million. You're not going to be worth a million dollars because you wrote a book. Like it just, it's not the way it works. I wrote the book, not because I cared to write my own story, but because I knew the power in it. And so when somebody finishes the end of my story, they're like, oh my God, this guy made it. Like, I'll, I want to do some work on me too. I put the four keys to living an extraordinary life in there. And the first thing that I teach people in my courses and master classes and what I put in the book is speak your truth. Like I'm telling you, therapy teaches you to put your pain in a balloon and let it fly away, to write your pain down and throw it in a, in a fire, to journal it. And those things are great. 
But there is nothing more cathartic and freeing than speaking your truth out loud. It's like this, the deep secrets, and this is, and I learned this in my own journey, those secrets that you're that full of shame that you keep locked away that just compound shame because it's a secret and you just, it's a tumultuous, it's like poison in your soul. It drowns you. It's like an anchor bringing you down. What I found is as I spoke my truth, the next time I spoke it, it got easier. Yeah. And the next time I spoke it, it got easier. And then, and now I'm using my story as power because it's allowed me to heal in a way. And it genuinely is like drowning my whole life. And as I spoke that truth, it was like, you know, you come up for that gasping air and you're like, I'm going to live. I'm, I'm going to make it instead of just, just going to the depths, right? By that anchor. So it was like, I was able to cut the anchor, take that breath and really start to fully live my life in a way that I haven't. So I teach those four keys, but that first one, if you don't hear anything else today, find the one confidant, find the one trusted friend, find a coach, find, go see a therapist, right? There's somebody for everybody and there's different ways to work through trauma because all of them work, mm-hmm. but speaking your truth will free your soul in a way like nothing else does. And I'm so convicted about this because I did it. I lived this journey myself yeah. and I know what's on the other side of that tunnel of darkness we all feel like we're in it's light and abundance and i people like me people like you we're here to guide you towards the light i can't do it for you but i can guide you and continue to give the tools that you need to be successful yeah i like that so i know one of the other things at least within the black community and always what i've heard and everyone i mean i can start the sentence and people finish it every single time what goes on in this house stays in this house. Why? Why do we as black people feel like we cannot use our voice? We cannot talk about the things that have taken place in our lives. Why do you, do you think that is? Well, I'll tell you, even in my own house, it was the same, right? It was the same. It was, I, I was literally told I would be killed if I went and told anybody what was happening by all my abusers. And, you know, what's interesting is, is my sister, my, my nephews are, are biracial and my sister used to say all the time, like, spare the rod, spare the child. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Right. We, we, we did, we, the rod wasn't spared on us. Right. And look at how much pain that caused us. Like, don't take that and, and, and say that that's the way you're going to live your life because there's a better way to still discipline and set boundaries for your children without beating them. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I, I think any community in the black community, too, because I have a lot of friends of color that talk about this specific thing with me. It's like a protection, a fear of judgment. Right. Um, but it's really a control mechanism for abusers to make sure that nobody tells on them. Meanwhile, we have these generational cycles of abuse that continue to happen in our society because we silence warriors, not victims. We silence warriors who never learn how to use their voice and speak their truth to let that pain go so they can break the generational cycles. And so we, the people who were abused, need to at some point say, you know what? I owe it to myself. I owe it to myself to start speaking my truth. And I can't be worried about how it's going to affect my abusers or how it's going to affect my family, because here's the reality. Your family, your abuser is putting their emotions and their 
perceived safety above your trauma, above your emotions, above your pain. And so why should you allow them to do that? It takes a lot of courage. It's, it sucks testifying against my father. Yeah. It was literally one of the most horrific and most freeing days in my life at the same time. It sucked having him arrested. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't jump for joy and jubilation that he got felony child abuse charged in the courtroom. It was horrible. It was painful. But I wouldn't be sitting here today with you if I didn't do it. I would probably be dead or in prison because that was the things that I was doing. I almost committed suicide. almost robbed a store at 19 years old. Even after I had been helped and out of my father's house, I was the statistic. And I realized at some point, I got to love me. I deserve more. And if I hang on to this pain and hatred, mm-hmm. I'm never going to do anything but be dead in prison or worse or worse repeat the generational cycles. So we got to stand up and do the work. Yeah. And a lot of times the reason why people don't want to share their story is because of the idea that you're bringing up some things for the other, the individuals that were involved. And it always ends up being to where now it's a big issue within the family because other family members have held on to these secrets And now you got one person that's willing to share their voice, use their story and say, this happened to me, but then you don't have the support that you want or you thought you would get from your own Mm -hmm. family members, which is messed up. But it's true. Even in my own life, it's crazy. Some of my family, like I got support from some of my family, like my aunt who's in the book and my sister Faith and my, even my little sister whose father was the one who used to throw me into the basement. Got a lot of support from them. My ex, outside of that, some of my family were like, well, is he going to talk about the, all the things that happened? Is he? And I said, hey, my story isn't to tell the family story. My story is to tell my own. Right. But in that moment, I want you guys to hear me on this big time, because in that moment, they put how they felt above what actually happened to me. I said, you're struggling with the emotions because it's unlocking things for you. But you're not even considering how I felt actually living through that. Yeah. Frankly, in those moments, I was surviving. I was barely making it through the days. I literally almost took my life because of what I was going through because I didn't know how to deal with the emotions. And so, you know, I just challenge people out there. It takes a ton of courage. I, I've worked, I'll tell a quick two minute story. I worked with a woman, not recently, right? Probably about six months ago. And some things had happened in their family with the cousin, right? And she was always like kind of afraid to tell, like people kind of knew what would happen. Well, she, she actually went and filed a police report as an adult, like 15 years later. And I said, don't do anything until you've made it through the course. I said, because you don't want to re- react with emotion. I want you to respond with wisdom. That's it. And it, that's, that's what we're going to work through. And her aunt like, I can't believe you're doing this to him. I can't believe this. I can't believe that. And she was really tight with her aunt. And I said, in that moment, your aunt is putting her emotions and her love for her son above the things he actually did to you that changed the trajectory of your life. So why would you say, I'm going to diminish my love for myself so I can placate my aunt, so I can make her feel better? No, your aunt needs to face the reality of what happened. And there needs to be accountability. And that doesn't always mean jail for somebody, right? That might mean um, just family accountability that the secret's out. I said, because you have suffered 
for 15 years. You have suffered for 15 years, and it's time to stop suffering. It's time to stop wearing a mask. It's time to stop living in quiet desperation. And it's time to say, you know what? I love me enough to speak my truth because you don't deserve to live with the pain you've been hanging on to to protect somebody else whose actions caused you to be in that pain. Mm -hmm. And it transformed her mindset around the way she thought about it. And, you know, it's just a blessing. She allowed me the space to help her. And she has blossomed. It's just so beautiful to watch, you know, and that's a blessing for me to be able to use my story and the skills that I learned along the way to help other people um, as much as that it might be a blessing for them that I was able to help. Yeah. So talk to me about your your mastermind. What what all is involved and and how can people actually get involved in your classes? Sure. So, yeah, it's a it's a four week master class. So I take you through the four keys to living an extraordinary life. And I'm going to give you the four keys now. Um, so it's speak your truth. Like I said, we talked about speaking your truth already, the power in that. It's accepting what happened to you for what it was. Not making excuses for your abuse. Well, they, they were, did better than their parents. They did that. No, bull crap. Right. It's accepting for what it was. And that was easy. It's black and white. It, it is or it isn't, right? And then it's acknowledging the feelings that come with it. Because that was really hard for me as a man. To acknowledge that hurt little boy, that boy that felt shame, that boy that couldn't protect himself and felt guilt for that. And then it's forgiveness is the third phase. And that was the hardest one. That was the hardest one for me, let me tell you. And I forgave my parents faster, not because they apologized, but I forgave my parents faster because when you're abused, you don't stop loving your parents. You stop loving yourself. And I forgave them, but my stepfather... It took me a long time to forgive him. What I realized is, and what helped me is, all of my abusers were abused themselves. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't make it okay, but hurt people hurt people. That's why the generational cycle of abuse happens 73% of the time. 73%, which is why we have so much abuse in our society. And when I realized hurt people hurt other people, it gave me a little empathy. It didn't make it okay. I didn't need to set some boundaries. It just gave me some empathy and understanding. But what I knew more so was that hatred I felt, that anger I felt, that lashing out at people, taking stuff personal, all the things we do, pain, guilt, shame, um, you know, wearing a mask every day, like I'm happy, but inside I'm crushed. I knew that if I wanted to have a great family and be married, happily married and have kids and have real life success, I knew I had to forgive for me. So I didn't run and tell them I forgive you. I just forgave. I gave it to God, what I could give to God, and I just let go of the rest of it because they were still living miserable existences because they never dealt with the pain that they were in. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing they could have said to ever make me feel better. I just knew I deserved to love me and the people who deserve my love around me, and I needed to forgive. And the last step is exposing your superpowers. Look, I'm I'm telling you guys, like, just trust me. Compassion, empathy, grit, resilience, effort, like the ability to use your story to change somebody else's life, which is like a whole nother thing. It is like when you do the healing work, you start exposing these superpowers inside of you that you got because of the trauma you went through. Yeah. And you start to just emanate this light from inside you and you move through the world different. And because of that, you start to change the people around you. My own mother, because of this journey has been sober more than 200 days. It is just wow. so beautiful. That's she awesome. asked me about six months ago, she goes, how did you, how are you really happy? 
I, I just got to know because she was abused pretty um, bad when she was a kid. She never hit me. She just neglected me. I didn't see her for 10 years. She let the abuse happen around her because she was a better woman. And I was like, I'll help you, but not at your son, not as your son. I'm going to help you as your, uh, you know, I don't want to hear the because of the butts because it's easier because I'm your son. And she's been sober. She um, has a, a boyfriend who treats her amazing. She feels great. You can see this light in her. And she's 67 years old now. She started this journey at 66. So it's never too late. Never. I said, mom, six months, six years, 66 years, whatever it is, just be happy. Yeah. Just be, you deserve it. And so all those things is we're in this pit of despair that we're in and all these emotions and inner turmoils in there. I can't grab you and yank you out of the pit of despair. It doesn't work that way. You got to do the work. You've heard that Mel Robbins, nobody's coming to save you. As much as I don't like the way it's framed up, it's true. Nobody's coming to save you. But what I can do for you is give you the tools to bring you to safety. And that safe is speak your truth, accept and acknowledge your emotions, uh, forgiveness and exposure superpowers. I can put that ladder down there, those four steps, and you can climb up that ladder. And when you're feeling exhausted, I'll reach my hand up and, and help pull you up. But I can't do the work for you. You've got to make the decision and the choice to stop running from the trauma that will never get tired. It will chase you until the day you die. You can't hide from it. It will find you no matter where you hide. But what you can do is you can learn the tools, do the work, turn around, face your trauma, knock it down one last time, and then just keep going and looking out the windshield of life instead of looking in the rear view mirror. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How can people get in contact with you? Sign up for your master class, get your book, all of the things. They need to follow you on every social media platform <laughs> you got because you are an awesome man of God. And it is wow. It's just amazing to see how God works things together for good. It is amazing. So how can people get in contact with you? So just it's super easy. Um, WaltMcKinley.com. And so if you just go there, all my social links are on there. I'm on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, and I'm starting to build a YouTube channel. So, but if you go to waltmckinley.com, it's got masterclasses on there. I'm actually building a course for people who maybe aren't ready to come into a masterclass for four weeks with me, um, where they could just purchase the course and then walk through it themselves. There'll be worksheets, homework, all kinds of stuff in there. But here's what I will say about the masterclass for people who are really interested in it. It requires a 15 minute conversation with me because I only take 10 people. And so I have to create a safe space for those people that are in there. So you're required to have your Zoom on. You're required to participate. You're required to do the homework because there's no use in somebody coming to me for that help if they're not really ready to do the work. But if you're sick and tired of sick and tired of being sick and tired, you're tired of wearing the mask, you're tired of feeling the inner turmoil from the trauma, you're tired of feeling the shame, the guilt, the pain, you're tired of just suppressing those emotions and not being able to really ever unlock your life happiness, and you're ready to do the work, well then come on, because I'm taking 10 people at a time, the next one's October 6th, and then I might do one in November, or we'll wait through the holidays, but um, next one's October 6th, and, um, you know, and that's already filling up. So if you're ready, make that 15 minute call with me at waltmckinley.com. And um, we'll make sure our goals are aligned together and that I give you the tools that you need and the belief you need to start doing the work. Because good Lord, we all deserve to be happy. 
We all deserve to be full of joy. We all deserve to have fruitful relationships. We all deserve to have success and feel the success and, 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 and not still feel empty even when we're having those things. But it's never going to just show up. You got to do the work in order to make it happen. Hey, Walt, it has been a blessing and honor to have you on my show. I'm so happy that I, I'm able to even have one-on-one -on -one conversation with you. I wanted to be able to talk to you more while we were in Denver, but I was just going in all different directions <laughs> and everything. <You> too. <laughs> but I, I really appreciate you taking time to come on here and share part of your story as well as your information that you share to help people become warriors as well. So thank you so much for being on Wove Inspiration. Thank you so much for having me here. It's been such a blessing. Like I said, I just love your spirit. No doubt this won't be the last thing we do together. And, um, you know, to, uh, what, I, what I always say, I'll leave people with this. It's not just me. It's not just you. It's us all together building a community, speaking our truths. Because more importantly, the community isn't just about serving itself. It's about creating a movement of change for people that are struggling. And if you're out there struggling, this is about picking you up along this journey and building this army that's going to go pick up more people along the way that's struggling. So don't delay on stepping into the rest of your life. Um, and thank you. Just it's I, I, I just love you to death, man. It's just <laughs> awesome to be on here. Thank you so much. Love you too, bro. <laughs> hey, you guys, this is Althea with Wove Inspiration Podcast. You guys have an awesome day. Take care. God bless. Hey, this is Althea, host and producer of Wove Inspiration Podcast. Wove Inspiration features women and the men who love them, who use their voice to share their stories of overcoming obstacles in life. Everyone has a story, some good, some not so good. The common factors for guests on Wove Inspiration are their solutions and their victorious endings. You can follow us and leave a comment on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Wove Inspiration. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other platform you listen to podcasts.